welcome. This is Why Life Is. I'm Niles Flower. Hey, it's been a while. Uh, of course, we had uh, a serious issue with the radio station itself. Are putting themselves back together. They had a calamity with fire uh, in paradise, and uh, it caused a, uh, of course, a virtual loss of original radio station equipment. But we're back, and uh, things should be as good or better than they have been. There could be a bug here and there. We don't know for sure, but hopefully everything's going to work out. Uh, tonight's show is a mouthful of words. I'll try to explain it from the beginning about before I give you the title, that tonight's show is really about the third ray, for those of you who are familiar with that, with that. as it applies to our present and near future development here on Earth. Near future, I'm talking about the century or two. Uh, and the official title of tonight's show is Future Revelation in the Development of Power Systems from Multidimensional Quantum Fields. That should scare a lot of people away. I hope uh, don't get afraid of the funny name, because that name uh, is a descriptive name for people who are kind of like uh, the, the people, the science geeks who, who like to read technical terms or something like that. But in, in reality, what this is about is how are we going to develop enough power uh, that is safe, some people call it clean, uh, that uh, can't be necessarily weaponized or easily weaponized, and that uh, will provide a better standard of living for the world in general, uh, will make it easier for people to live, and hopefully extend life for people. That's a lot of uh, things to try to get out of a uh, power system. And right now, we don't have any form of power development that succeeds on all those levels. Uh, the main reason for that is that uh, humans and their civilization have not uh, turned the corner on developing what is known as more advanced third-ray technology, which would be multi-dimensional in their uh, creation. What does that mean? That means if you can uh, reach the dimensions that are consistent with Earth uh, development, which includes the following, the physical, where we are, including the, mole the electromagnetic part, or in a physical term, the part of this dimension. The astral dimension, which is where people think they die, uh, actually end up going to uh, for a while. And so it's another dimension that is actually has, by adding an extra dimension, huge amount more what we call uh, places for people to exist in, although they can find each other much easier. In some ways they're closer, but the actual size of the place. And because it is such a huge place, the way that energy works there is actually faster than you. And yet, and there's a considerable amount more of it if you look at it from the standpoint of being accessible, because it follows thought, and the thought of the people there stronger, so the energy can be used in a more effective way in the next dimension. The next dimension has seven sub-dimensions, but if we were to look at it 
terms of use of energy. The seven sub dimension is only slightly better in its than uh, where we are here in the physical world. Um, the sixth subdimension uh, is considerably more better than here. And the fifth equals or exceeds where we are in the use of and ability to create energy for these people. And the way that they use it is far more efficient and effective because they're conscious higher, not necessarily higher than we are, but because of the change in physics, it's easier, even at the same level of consciousness, to uh, have a control over the energy around them. And then we get to the fourth plane, and uh, there you get a double win. The energy levels go up dramatically, and the people that uh, live there are conscious that they way exceed where the average human is here today, and they have a much greater control over energy because energy follows thought greater than its own. And so uh, the effect of gravity, as an example, is virtually non-existent in the fourth subworld. It's obviously more existent in the fifth, but it's still less effective than in here, so that makes a big difference. And then when we continue to move up higher in the astral dimension, we find that on the third sub, in the third sub, uh, there's a dramatic change. The amount of energy prevalence is huge in comparison. Uh, many times, uh, something on the order of 15 times, 20 times, some circumstances better. And so that's a, that's a lot more available energy. And the people there, uh, their thinking capabilities are greater than and their ability to control the energy around And so they actually have technology, et cetera, using these more advanced approaches having it uh, that can do things that we won't be able to do for many centuries before, maybe a millennium. And this is all based upon this issue of energy in uh, physics changing based upon uh, quantum constant changing and the field that the energy exists in is controlled by thought better and a lot of other factors come into play. But by the time you're finished, you got a lot more bang for the buck. But we go to the second astral subworld, you're over 20, so like 21 times greater in the amount of control of energy. And uh, some of this is based upon the age of the inhabitants where they exist. Like in the, 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 the third subworld, there's some places where it's less than 18, and other places where it's over. just varies based upon where people sense their function. And unfortunately, because the older people sometimes wear out their sense, they can't control the energy as much, and they don't have control where we live. Then finally, uh, 21 times is tremendous, but big deal. And the people who are there have a much greater uh, consciousness that is truly spiritual in its nature. And when you reach a point where the consciousness is more spiritual than that, that's on the second level. That's the statement. What happens is the uh, quantum field shifts so radically that you end up with something that's way, way different than what we're familiar with in the way that um, 
And then finally, in the first astral subgroup, energy uh, there is about 24 times greater in its raw availability, but because the consciousness of people is so much higher astrally, particularly, most people have what's broken common connection. So they have, they're not influenced by their feelings so much and have much fewer mental And uh, those folks can uh, literally control huge, huge of energy across inter, uh, intradimensional elements of the astral world. So they can actually go to a much lower astral world and have a big effect there too. People from the second subworld can do the same. They can't don't have near as a big effect because there it's the energy fields are diminished by the fact that they're going to a lower subworld, but uh, their consciousness is not as great as those in the first subworld and can't make up for that difference. But it's still great by anyone's standards if you're from the second subworld to travel to the sixth. Uh, you're like a magician for people that you meet. They think you are, in any case, angel, super being, something that's not, not, they're not familiar. From the first subworld, those beings, when they do something for the subworld, they can affect whole cities of people almost instantly and change a lot of outcomes. They can also block some forms of evil from uh, their pursuit in certain places, lower astral subworld, particularly the sixth and seventh. So they're very good at doing it. People on the fifth don't like it when people interfere with evil for some reason. But the people on the sixth and seventh really, whether they like it or not, they really aren't conscious enough to be able to fathom what's happening. It doesn't make any difference. Um, now, uh, that's just the asteroid. And the, I'm talking about all the way into the monastic realm to the very highest level of the monastic world, using funk fields from uh, those kind of, uh, we'll say, dimensions uh, into the physical world. I'm going to explain how that can be done. Stay, stay, stay tuned here. Uh, I'm going as fast as I can on these technical things, but I want you to get an understanding because otherwise I, if I talk about the future you're going to get lost so, well, how could that how could that <laughs> I know I'd rather have some basis of it maybe get a little confused as I explain it so quickly as I'm doing okay so someone in the first astral sub uh, is at the top of that realm but when we get to the monastic uh, the lowest monastic sub world is seven and uh, there's about 36 times the amount of difference uh, in the energy availability and the kind of energy that mental energy is far less dense. Uh, and it has the ability to, um, to modify or, we'll say, uh, alter the uh, all forms of mental uh, energy to such a high degree that you have an Akashic covered in show and that uh, long ago, where, where Akashic time is time created by people's own consciousness and imagination. And uh, they live in a different altered state of reality. And the Akashic time starts to become a reconstructed, different or alternate reality world unlike in the astral world where it's a single place or a, a piece of 
Akashic uh, Collectives, they're called, that um, combine many, many people's constructors, construction, some of them long ago had left the but the construction and others use it. And these alternate uh, times uh, represent uh, mostly falsehoods in thought, digital egotistical types of falsehoods. But they also divert energy from the main mental and mental system, and they defeat the use of uh, efficient energy by joining the three uh, three worlds together to some extent. We're going to talk about. So there's a mitigating and altering and defeating purpose uh, in having alternate time that people live in because some of the energy is diverted, and that means that you lose some of the ability to create power uh, because they're being sucked away by alternate reality. This happens in the astral world as well, but not to the level that you have and arrivals that are fairly new to the mental world, sometimes for a long time, people remain cautious experiences because they live such a falsehood in thinking, and they lied to them, were deceitful, that they actually can't live outside of their own lies deceit because that's their thought process. They have to alter those thought processes to get out of that what we call Akashic and to get into real time. Uh, it's not an easy job. Some people spend a very long time trying to relive life incidents so they can correct their egotistical and or arrogant thinking process. All right, all these things, though, are related to energy following on stone, and this gets into um, some pretty remarkable idea. If we say just with the lower mental, uh, you can get in the lower mental world, you know, 90 plus times more effective in terms of uh, energy construction than you could in this dimension. And it's even greater than that. There's a proportion I'm comparing mostly to the pure development. If you were dealing with energy mostly that was purely physical, sensible of a sort, it would be at least double that. So you get into some really amazing uh, difference amounts of energy available to use. And there's still more to the mental world, what I'm referring to as the lower mental world, there's the higher mental world, and it is possible to use energy from the higher mental world to the various atomic levels. If you can do that, you can have a thousand times, a thousand times more uh, energy available through that factor than here in this world. You can see that this model that is starting to take shape as I describe it suggests that it is possible to using um, quantum field and what I'm going to describe as a quantum computing, it would be possible to uh, derive energy from other dimensions and have them affect and even add to the energies of this particular world we're in. And you can say, well, wait, 
would need a quantum computer. Uh, you would need uh, a computer that's probably each the base 10 to 12 range. That would be able to uh, also uh, have access to field, uh, field uh, beyond the ethereal physics and operate.
How does it do that? Well, it alters the helium from having a four, helium four, okay. You know, and this has to do with the number of electrons and and from and protons. So you have you have a, a helium four system and you alter it to become an isotope called three. When you do that, you allow that isotope to refuse itself, if that's what you do, or to uh, disintegrate itself, to be more weaponized. Now, you don't want to make this into a weapon first. So if you're really concerned about how this is going to come about, you don't want to take helium free and make it so that you're you want to use it to, on a much more gradual basis, uh, interact with quantum fields from these other higher dimensions and use those higher dimensions to uh, amplify the level of energy that is being created by, say, scintillator type of device to change structure in very, very, very small quantities of helium. And so while we're changing the, the, the structure to, from a helium-4 to helium-3, uh, we are doing replication of those same helium-3 atoms by taking extra-dimensional from quantum the fields that are shifting with the same field. And that's done through quantum computing. So they're shifting together in, in your own time. Field. And that adds huge amounts more energy to the system. And so you take the scintillated effect, you may amplify it by a whatever, in a large quantity. You're, you're getting a lot more helium free from the same amount that you're using here in the physical world. You get very small amounts from helium. But it's being amplified by, by working with these quantum fields that each time they take a jump, they huge amount of energy and you make it commensurate or connected through quantum field effects to the field that is here in this world. This then this world will grow field much greater from the benefits of the other fields being connected. Uh, it still is up to the field here uh, to be in charge of the system. If God decided the best thing to lower control. And so the process is strangely controllable by humans in this dimension. And we can actually use the energy of much higher energies, but the mid part of the, uh, the, the fourth dimension of, of the mental world, where 90 times greater. Okay? You got a lot more energy. We could be using those huge amounts of energy reinforced into our energy here. And all because we are magically connected to the field through quantum relations. So the two fields are interconnected, and the field here grows rapidly by its connection, a greater in the uh, it's like magic. You're making you're making energy from 
from thought in a way. That's right, but the hard thing then, those of you who want to really understand, read about spirit and energy and life meaning, and also chapter uh, 10 on physics, elements involved in it, so that you can better understand some of what I'm describing. So the the idea of this type of power system uh, is unique. I don't know. I've never read anything that says, oh, gee, yeah, I thought it <laughs> I haven't seen anybody actually able to express any kind of reasonable to what I'm saying. Yes, I've seen scientific but uh, nothing that has any mathematical <laughs> accurate approach to this. Now, why do the quantum shifts match each other? Well, because the fields are interconnected by default. The person doing the thinking here has to simultaneously in the mental world have the same level of consciousness in order for this to achieve. And, and person or people. And they have to that operates in similar fashion under their direction. Now, this could not be done uh, by a computer that isn't being paid attentive, attentively to. And while the human thought isn't doing most of the lifting, the human thought is in control. The system will not work. As soon as you remove any human action, any human thought, into the from the equation, the quantum computer immediately stops. Then you say, well, why can't you make one that doesn't stop? Because it's not alive. <laughs> and you don't want it to be alive, believe me. Uh, so we're not trying to make living quantum computers. We're trying to make quantum computers work at a base 12, which is very tough, that are able to connect to other systems, other computers, even in other dimensions, to accelerate, accentuate their ability to create, but only create under the direction of humans, not independent humans. Like right now, we can build a regular computer as in front and just let it run until the user runs out of power or something glitchy goes on and crashes. But it seems to be able to run on back. Quantum computers will never be able because they are based upon the energy file circuit. So, and that, the quantum computer itself has to have a living being to assist it in what it is actually going to do. Otherwise, it will quickly destruct itself instead of us, which is not a bad idea. And it, so it has a fail. Now, you might say, oh, we all, you, everybody says they have fail safe until they stop working. Well, there's a huge amount of uh, supporting evidence, mathematics, what I'm saying, that it is fail. That it, it's one of the few things that you could probably create that does huge, huge energy that has a, a serious fail that is the wrong, wrong thing. That doesn't mean that the HD3 that you create is safe. That's a whole other can. And so, uh, at least in, in terms of the first half of the equation, just make, okay, I can get, I really can get there in a lot less than 
But the point is that after you've made AT3 or whatever other thing you want to make, because this is just one, one example, AT3, you just need a lot of power. Thank you. Um, you know, it's the same stuff that blows up your balloon. That you get out of the out of the cylinder, you know, the three thousand, four thousand, thousand cubic. That those cylinders are uh, are just filled with helium, helium four. And you take that helium four and you convert it into helium to this whole process. Generally speaking, it would take a huge amount of power. But and they're doing, they're making little little fractional amounts. Of helium three to experiment, but mostly uh, it, it takes forever. And a huge, your power bill will be something else. Well, using this multi dimensional approach, the uh, requirements go down so fast. And again, uh, the fact that the computer can only do it on the direction of human beings, uh, that works. But of course, we're going to have some pretty bad human beings directing always. And we can also have people get a hold of the helium spray. Oh, they can make atomic bombs, softball. I mean, that, that all kinds of terrible things that you got to be concerned. But what are the events? Well, you can store energy, huge amounts of energy, in a very small space. <laughs> you want to go on a rocket ride and go somewhere? Well, if you're using helium spray, even if you're not going to generate any on the trip, you're just going to take what you need with you. Well, you could take take a few thousand pounds, and you can go very far, very far away at truly amazing speed. You can also alter time space, which is an interesting. Uh, we think of moving through space by rocket power, plasma rocket, all these. Well, they're okay. I mean, if you're not going very far and you're going at sublight, it's, it's all right. We're fooling around the near parts of the solar But not so great if you're going any further. So what do you want to do? Well, then you want to do holding space. You want to maybe travel from dimensions higher than the space that we're in. And that's all capable of being done by reversing the process you could, in theory, uh, reverse the field to the top of the mountain, and you could travel that way. There could be some real problems, though, taking your body along for the ride. <laughs> because, you see, when you go to the top of the mental world, and you're actually traveling there, you can only travel in your own mental body. You could only reconstruct your body when you arrive in your new destination. Uh, you couldn't even take it with, like a lot of people say, well, can you put it in freezing? Yeah, I mean, not really. <laughs> You're really just going to have to, you know, you can make a, a perfect mind, literally, with a quantum computer. You could have every, you could create any atom virtually uh, in physical and etheric. And you could just uh, alter them. You'd also have to alter, if you're traveling mentally, uh, your astral body. They would have to be kept in one state and then reconstructed uh, upon life from the computer itself. 
it over. Now you're be traveling at the speed of light, and while you're traveling at the speed of light, no, everything would seem relatively normal because everything would be made out of linear. You wouldn't notice anything. But upon arrival, and you want to deal with Earth and physical, Earth people, or more or asshole, but whatever, you're going to have to have a body You can create a temporary body, or you can try to create a more permanent body. But you got to have some way to interact. It has to come with a body of hope. There is a way to do it with just a body of light. Forget about that. That has uh, only limited application because the body of light has have sense that deal with the same sense that the rest of humanity. And so you're okay. But it still could be done, and the process is complicated, but it's done. What about forgetting about travel space? What about trying to get more energy, uh, get get it going this world? Because after all, that's going to go. How do we make it so that people live higher levels, higher standards? And with less intensity towards the use of power, and at the same time, enough energy to live at a higher standard of living for everyone. And everyone has better health situation, better way of raising children, better way of doing everything. And I said power is the only answer. Power turns into money, so to speak. So everybody, everybody in the world that I'm talking about, by today's standards, well, there would be no poor people unless that's what they really choose. But it it is dependent on the system having built within it a lot of safeguards, so that one group or person doesn't exploit others with excessive control of power. So having more power to gain distributed egalitarian has with it the ability for people in general to have pretty much as much as they want or at least as much as they need their wants to someone who with too. The the answer to all of this is that a practical form of producing energy is uh, on the horizon, and it will come with quantum computing, and probably the beginning of the creation of things like HP3, with control of the HP3 still modeled by through a quantum computer so someone can't use it. I think that that's coming. I don't know exactly when. For see it within a century, that's certainly possible. The thing is, the technology is even closer. But can't the implementation the problem? Can we really make this all fit together so we don't destroy ourselves with this newfound energy that everybody's going to have their finger? 
because effectively everybody will have the capability of making a nuclear bomb or more. Uh, that's a quite a huge amount of power available. Of course, quantum computers won't permit people to do that. They're designed And so people couldn't use it for that purpose. But we would have to come up with a whole bunch of ways to make sure that that is safe and will work for changing the way the world is when huge amounts of stuff available. That's what we're talking about. Free energy, almost infinite level. Okay, so the quantum computers will be part of the solution, but not the only More to the point, people themselves, if we don't create ourselves something greater, this system eventually would fail because somewhere down the line, the people that are running the system have to continue to have the value and the consciousness to make the system run way without harmful structures. Oh. All right, so we have that to consider. Then I say, well, education is critical. If we can't educate people, in ways that show them how their consciousness is the most precious commodity that they have. And that their thinking, which includes their consciousness, needs to be in ways that are more hierarchical than they have been for ever on Earth. So we need to have a uh, and hierarchical means that it allows people to uh, use the great consciousness power system based upon their ability to be conscious. If their consciousness elevates, they get to create more energy. And if their consciousness lowers, they get to create with less. And it's self-sustaining. A quantum computer would be perfect for that situation because it works on that very simple. And so uh, it's self-regulated. And you couldn't defeat it because the intermediary uh, is really not foolable. As you try to tinker with it, it stops working. So if you if you were a real criminal, you said, yeah, I'm You could try that, but it's not going to work because the consciousness of the person is destructive, therefore low, and criminal, therefore even low, and maybe subhuman, really, but low. And so the computer will just not respond. So when you put your order in, give me, give me two tons of uh, of HE3, please. Put it, give me a side order of some uh, some uh, other kind of radio. And it's just going to go, whoops. Good, good to understand what you said there because we're not able So we can't up. The message would be, sorry, nobody else. You know. um, and so the that's the kind of system 
that should work. Uh, yes, we have to have computers that can carry this out. The reason they're quantum computers is because they're getting their very field talking. They can only get that by being able to shift with the field. And remember, quantum fields are based upon constant, which means that everything is happening at a minimum. The speed of light is actually greater than what we're measuring. So it's a tremendously fast system, which even even in zero, it's mental. So criminals are pretty much thwarted. They, they won't be able to. And no matter what you try to do, if your motors are wrong, if your consciousness is too low, if your thinking isn't able to keep up, you will not be able get anything done. So it is a self-regulating system that needs to become best understood. Could you build an evil quantum computer? Uh, because evil uh, is the antithesis. And in that process, the computer itself would continuously short itself out, not be able to I mean, it might do it back. But would consistently develop energy from higher fields, the fields themselves destructive to the computer. And that would So we wouldn't have to worry about that particular problem. That's good, good news. We really like that idea. Uh, and the other thing to consider here, which is a, a kind of, we'll say, an aside display, you can't use a quantum computer to go into altered states of reality like people do with the, you know, with the visors on, do all that stuff. You can't use it to live in like an artificial, created, Akashic mind. And the reason you can't is because the quantum computer again works from light that has higher dimension, which doesn't permit someone with low consciousness to be interacting. So it just comes to a grinding halt. Uh, could people build quantum computers that help them experience altered reality at all, even if it's only for um, their own edification with some place they travel. Could you, in other words, make that sort of? Uh, it's not necessarily a change in consciousness. What you're really changing then is your senses. Your senses are being pulled by the operation of light, dark, and energy that's entering the senses. And it gives you the sensation of an altered reality. That's permissible. Uh, some people find it enjoyable, but it's not living. It's pseudo development of its cooling or and it is not the real. You want to do the real deal? You can't do that. Go, but if you want to live in the astral. Well, you got to go and live in that 
hard to do, but can be done, but not to do it. Develop consciousness really requires considerable cultivation. First, life, but see things, motive, many things. Some people do out-of-body travel, uh, and some people really have some, yeah, sort of interesting and real But the point is that all of that does not amount to actually having a true existence in the realm. Uh, if you're going to have a true existence, there has to be at least semi-permanent to your presence. And the best anybody can do in is is uh, a relatively short period days of time in which they can remain conscious within the realm. Uh, interestingly, the lower dimension is much harder to stay conscious. The energies do not, are they're relatively inflexible, don't respond to their own thought very well. Your sense quickly start to fail. Within minutes or hours, Fail and you can't remain. Now it's like lower subworld, gas world. But if it were in a mental world and you were doing some significant service, such as helping people or your illusions of egotism, then you could stay a long time, very long time, because the senses are of such a high order and because the energies are. Such a, we'll say, such a super frequent that time could be used in it, and you can spend a lot of uh, time there with very little time here lost, uh, doing uh, whatever you want to do, provided some level of others. You could remain intact. Now, what would happen if you're doing things to yourself? Well, your senses would diminish seconds. Fall asleep, or you wake up here, dreaming. So you, you wouldn't have the same kind of life. Could uh, if you're really in service, yes, serve there for days, more than a week at a time there, and that might only be an hour here. But the point is that that, that time is. Gives you the advantage of greater service. Well, it's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with There are advanced humans who do that. But remember that that doesn't change the reality of the dimension much. Yes, if you're serving people there that are cautious, they, they, they may have some improvement there, so they might, you might be making, be making some small improvement. Mental world. You do that, the mental world is more truthful, and everybody's able to think in truth more, a little bit. So, if everyone could do that to some extent, the whole world could be not a bad idea. Interestingly, our quantum computers could do something that can reverse. While we're here uh, and using mental energy, we will be uh, living out potential 
some elements of what would be considered to be mental. And it would affect the mental plane from the standpoint of anything we create from intelligence. This dimension has a benefit to those outside of this world. So there could be a feedback. You're improving life, not just, but you're improving life higher than well, where people dead from live out some of the rest of that particular uh, incarnated life. Eventually, you go back to being your soul, higher world, and then you lose a good deal of your memory, becomes permanent. Part of the permanent animal stuff. And from that point, you reincarnate, but you won't remember very much. Only if you did a lot of spiritual service. The more you spiritually serve others, guess what? The more you will have And the more you will be sustainable in that memory and able to use it for the benefit of others. If you choose to use it against others for harmful or you know, powerful things, evil then uh, if you're not fully evil, you're going to pay with a lot of damage body done very quickly. If you are evil, yeah, you're going to escape it for millennia possibly, but eventually it all and when it does, sudden scream most those those humans don't live much as as a human. We're gonna take a little break right and uh, we'll be back in uh, about two, two and a half minutes or so from right now. Hun, what book are you reading? It's a novel, kind of, about romance, love, and spiritual life in general. Kind of a novel? What do you mean? Well, it's based on some real-life experiences and even real characters. Some of their experiences are fascinating and remarkable. I can't put this book down. How come the title is Afterlife Love? That's part of the fascination. This book describes the afterlife in intricate detail and even explains why things are the way they're explained. But how can anyone write about or know that? Some of the characters travel out of body to some places that people who've already died also go to. I'm finding it completely believable because it all makes sense and fits into a bigger picture for me. Hun, what happens to these people? You can read it for yourself when I'm done if you want. Better yet, I'll get my own copy so we can discuss it while we read. Let me see. I'll write down the title. It's Afterlife Love by Niles McFlower. M-A-C-F-L-O-U-E-R. Afterlife Love is available in some bookstores and from the publisher at agelesswisdom.com or 480-966-3132. That's 480-966-3132. Hi, everyone. Since childhood, I've had questions about my life and life in general that I couldn't find adequate answers to. Questions like, why am I here? Why are others here? Does the universe have a purpose? And how does that relate to my life? More recently, I've been wondering what happens when we die, especially the reasons why. I'm more of a doubter than a believer in many things, and answers that include the whys allow me to think and figure out the truth for myself. I've been reading a book, Life's Hidden Meaning. This one book contains more answers, including the whys, than all other sources I've read or heard. 
It's amazing to me that every one of my questions has been thoroughly answered. More importantly, I have found that all of these answers so far have checked out to be true. I hope this message helps some of you in your quest for better understanding. The name of this wonderful book is, again, Life's Hidden Meaning by metaphysician Niles McFlower. Some bookstores sell it. I got my copy directly from the publisher at agelesswisdom.com. Life's hidden meaning may enlighten your mind and bring some peace and joy to your heart. Would have to be something considerably different than what the present 
instead of the CPU, we will be talking about uh, the atomic structure and beyond the atomic structure, at least the etheric atomic structure. Which gives you a, a tremendous advantage if you're talking about a computer during this world. And so CPUs wouldn't be physical things. And this is a little bit hard to understand. CPU itself would be actually an electronic field in itself. That's a little bit beyond what most people are presently. And yes, you could have some physical structure creating uh, in the physical world. You almost can't have that, but the field itself would not come from uh, the way CPUs are presently working. Also, we're getting down to the nanometer side, where CPUs can't get small, and that's because distance inside the CPU is to the point where this light is different. Common structure. And they can't even make the chip work. They just sort of hope they will. And some do and some don't. You grind them up. It's, it's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy the way it's done. Uh, they also try to be qualifying chips that uh, no matter what you do with them, they keep uh, keep the constant play between all the different uh, small nanometers of distance, so you're really getting down to what is known as light wave technology. The interesting thing is they're not using light wave. But I'm thinking that quantum computers will use light, real light wave. And that is a, a whole big jump for where we are. So while there might be some physicalness to the computer, CPU, but the inside of the CPU would be waves of light various levels, connecting with even higher levels. Uh, that's a real hard thing to get down, where you're getting way below. Us. And so you're, you're at some, you know, high you're real, really, really, really small thing. And you're getting down to the point where what you're relying on is inside the Electron shifting structure, electron shift, shift, and you start using that shift as the means of what we would think of as zero one. And there are even levels of shift. So it gets fairly complicated quickly. And there are computers that do this already in the Third astral subworld, right? And it will be possible to tie a computer from this to their computer within the next hundred years. First of all, we have to believe, what I call it, that there is a third astral subworld, and there are beings there to connect with. Right? Uh, but this would give the ability for communication back and forth. I've talked about before, of course, but I'm saying the methodology is more definite now And you wouldn't want to go too much lower than that dimension 
because people in dimensions much lower than particularly when you get down this, are too stealthy to be safely communicated. The information they have may not really be relevant benefit. Uh, the third the third level, third plane, this astral are beings who are about half conscious. What does that mean? It means they have enough consciousness to function more as their creators sometimes. They're only that's their peak. They mean that average. But luckily the people or beings who humans that are developing most advanced stuff in the third do have the higher consciousness. Generally are fairly young by astral, but they aren't as interested in astral station and the benefits of living the world for one's own gratification as much as they are in advancing uh, human development, more in relationship with God. And so for that reason, they, they have sort of a lot of redeeming good qualities. Uh, sometimes the worst problem they're a bit just always a bit trouble. I don't think they can see their statistic I think only the ones who are over that could be. It may not be the youngest. They won't be the oldest probably. And then there's also the potential for this development moving up into the second or first half of uh, where they're less inclined to use technical but because of that, they won't probably be the first to have communication here. I doubt it. Now, you can say, well, but don't some of them have communication? Well, yeah, because that's not computing. It's not general technology. That's a pure conscious state. And most people, most humans, the vast, 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 almost all on Earth, physically, can't do that. Because they're just not conscious. And they're too self-realized here, achieving such a result. So that's something to think about. All right, so we getting back to kind of more about if we're going to develop uh, a lot of ATT, there's an interesting uh, corollary to this. Let's say you have a few mile wide square, so you have several square miles, four square miles, solar collections, that are a bit more uh, suited for outer space and a little bit more efficient because let's say you get a kilowatt. Per square foot out, you know, uh, we don't do even half that, but we, we're getting close to that. So you got a kilowatt square foot, and you got a lot of square feet, like millions of square feet. You got a couple millions of square feet. Wow, at a kilowatt square feet is several gigawatts of power. And that would be 24-7, because it's outside the shadow of the Earth. 
collecting stuff can't. It would some of this you can have an onboard station that is using helium that is being converted to helium three. And so some of the energy can be converted to helium three and in shuttles brought back to Earth and used. That would be the safest way to do it and it also would be the most efficient. You can make literally a ton of helium three maybe every month or so. Run everything on Earth and every spaceship you could imagine, a whole bunch of other stuff. And moon moon bases, Mars bases, who knows what else. All that could be done just in a, a single and still run everything on Earth. You need a you need about fifteen terawatts available today to run most of what's going on. Fifteen to seventeen Well, this thing make all that directly and but it when it's not all needed at one time, they just make AT three or some other make another nuclear material. But some of the other nuclear materials become more worrisome about what you can do with it, how you can handle it. AT three is a little little more user friendly. And you can weaponize it, but it actually is it doesn't give you a lot of bang for your money, but it's still dangerous. Sure, it's a weapon, but and it could be very small because of nature. But but the fact is that I, as I said, it could be controlled by access in ways that include consciousness. It's so odd to think about. It. So in other words, if you're a terrorist, yeah, well, you go blow up. Let's say you had that idea. Okay. But the problem would be you can't get it. You have to pay us the consciousness. Not not a t- not an intelligence. Consciousness. And you can only do that by putting the, the computer creates fields of consciousness you have to interrelate with before you could even communicate. And so your consciousness says, hey, give me some AT drinks. I want to blow up New York, please. Uh, and the computer says, uh, you know what? You got a few lifetimes before I'm going to talk to you again. Goodbye. <laughs> or you go out there and say, "Hey, I need some AT3. I want to see people here. I want to help people do this." And everything works. You're able to communicate with the computer. And the computer would say, "All right, here's the AT3, but uh, I got to see your plan. I got to see exactly what you do with it, and then uh, make sure you have it as needed." <clears throat> that could all be done an allocation based based on consciousness. The computer can read the consciousness. And if you want it to be full thought reading, that's possible. Now you might say, well, wait a second. Thought is conscious, but that's just closing the field of choice. You've got to know all the choices for what their will is like uh, to, to understand their real thing. Believe it or not, you do that. I talked about this several earlier shows, that it is possible to, to effectively control, you know, we call it lighting, really truth again. You you could determine the level of truth for thinking without any problem at all using computers. It's so interesting because you just ask the person to complete a test of area where you think they're trying to get to and 
thought, which you don't know, why. And uh, you can make this test fairly simple and make it efficient so that within seconds, minutes or so, you would know whether or not their thought processes are thinking in a way that is the way they represent it. So you're, it's a truth meter. It would be a truth meter. Just because you, at that moment, tell you, people are telling you, it doesn't mean they don't have changes. But the interesting thing is that as much as we seem to worry, people change their thoughts not that much about things that are crucial to the people and to the world. Uh, oddly as it seems, yeah, you may change your thinking, like today I'd rather do this than that. But in terms of, well, how do I want to live my life? Or how many people do I want to kill or save? Or how many people do I want to serve? That becomes something that's so big that uh, it isn't going to change on a whim. And it would be detectable through these type of testing methodology, virtuous task talking about tonight. So it could be done. And I'm not saying that we want to wholesale for everybody regular pounds reading whatever they want. But I am saying that you can maintain fairly, fairly tight, fairly close uh, control over who is going to use what. And then you say, well, what about that? Well, again, you make a little quantum computer onto whatever you give them. And you can't unlock, you can't get anything out of this box safe until your thinking is in accord with of its use. Now, you can do this? Yeah, you can actually do this. I know that this sounds intrusive, but in reality, it's the safest and the easiest method for reducing violence, some type of terrorism, highly you can, you can actually get people to start considering the nature of their own conscience so they can improve their, their life and make their, their life better. I realize that may seem a contradictory term because conscience comes given. Getting. But it's the same thing because once you see yourself as one with others, when you give, give it. And then when you reach that level of consciousness, it's okay. To probably handle nature free without destroying other people. Very interesting. All right, but human beings are very complex. This is something that has to be worked out. Uh, for right now, we're still dealing with well, then how do you get energy from the show? You can measure the output of the world in the 15 point terawatts of energy as a uh, level also of the ability for standard living, ability for, it's all convertible. So you you can divide it out, you can figure that out, it's worth the person. And if you take a look at it, you need somewhere around, uh, between an eight and 10 times to make everybody 
in the world, seven billion people, uh, give it social justice. Uh, to make everybody have a very high standard, by even the standards in basic level of living, and to have the ability to uh, stay, keep themselves both educated as much as they choose to and to be as creative as they choose to in whatever area they wish to be, while still being allowed to be spiritual. Now, in order to agree to all those factors, my estimate is we really need about 150 terawatt uh, economy, world economy. Now, I'm basing it about energy. And it's using the third rate to find go. So that's what that's reason I'm saying. Now, how far are we away from 150 terawatts? Well, that's quite a ways if you tried to do it with coal, oil, or any other nuclear power system present. Since we're only creating 15 terawatts here in the whole world, maybe even if they. Then we, we, we have a, a factor close to 10. That is not dual. We're fossil fuels. Uh, there just isn't enough. CNC gave enough energy from such low density. And you can't do it with just solar power alone because solar power, to get it to the point, all gets down to the rail. You can use some of them for that, right? But it, 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 the distribution may be almost impossible to be realized. First of all, only part of the Earth is ever stationary at a particular station. Right? Yeah, you could build rays in every quadrant of the Earth. That might kind of work. I mean, you could kind of bring together the whole thing. And it could, in some way, uh, maybe compensate different kinds of uses. And it might work. But it, it would be difficult to maintain and really see. Again, the more mobile effect is probably the ultimate fuel, so it's free. But if we really, you know, get to the point where we have, uh, instead of huge arrays to create terawatts, get them down to a couple feet diameter, that could, that could, if there is such a thing, I don't know that it could be because you have to amplify the sun. Only so much energy in any, and the thousand watt is pretty much uh, getting close to what we can do. Uh, there's more. There's a thousand watts of bulb per foot, but in outer space there could be many times. Don't think it's limited by what they're talking. About. So, the atmosphere takes up a lot of a lot of. So we have said uh, a number of possibilities to increase the uh, economic energy that we are going to need to bring about vast change standard of living, but also in conscious connection. And there's also another issue: policy. The process of getting gaining more uh, has to be egalitarian.
become even more inflated if that's their problem. So there has to be a feedback about their level of consciousness always connected to their level of energy. And if you have that feedback, that's the thing that keeps the system on its and also prevents people from abusing it by, by stealing from it or holding on to it. And by everybody getting really what they deserve based upon what they're willing to get. Because you really want a person to get based upon what they give, not on what they have or not on what they don't think. Right? Don't not kind of give the giving economy just which is one that therefore based as we do this system, it would elevate the consciousness more than it would elevate wealth. Even though the wealth of the world would go up, it would be more more distributed properly, at least properly in terms of who thinks. And it would probably, uh, the people who are most selfish would not benefit much, if anything, from all terawatt energy. So they wouldn't get any wealth Yeah. 
not there's just these way more advanced technology here. Because the third ray here is mostly dark. And you have to wait till the people here enlighten themselves before that kind of change of ideas, even of knowledge, knowing they exist, is a good change. And then exchange, not knowledge, would have even much greater level of change, which could end up. I mean, it has in the past. So there has to be great precautions. There are uh, set up so that Earth is not suddenly, you know, visited in, you know, uh, complete and full disclosure. I'm not saying we're not being visited. Where people say, "Hi, I'm here. Look at me. I came from planet Gagaga." In the other galaxy of the earth, you say, Whoa, what? Who are they? Yeah. First of all, it would create a panic, right? And the governments would react very badly. The whole thing is that we aren't ready for that. Until we are ready for these kinds of introduction changes, we have to be left alone. So we're isolated. So then we say, Well, there's nobody out there. There's only trillions of planets in the universe. But there's nobody out there except us. <laughs> We're the single place where there are trillions of planets. <laughs> the number's so large. It's so way beyond our imagination, right? And that's just in this dimension, right? We're not even talking about the actual. Yeah. Well, in this dimension, <laughs> we can recognize these planets. Now, they have other dimensionalities to them, just like Earth does. That complicate even more, but we think, well, we're it. There's no one coming up. I mean, anyone who comes to that conclusion is uh, probably uh, completely ignorant of most of their world. <clears throat> they they probably have a very very limited viewpoint. Doesn't mean they aren't some kind of well known scientist. Doesn't mean you know, super educated type person, uh, maybe even a great uh, scientist, mathematician. But the point is, their consciousness has to be really low to follow and believe there's nobody else out there. Because the numbers there. Now, okay, you go back 20, 25 years ago when I was still saying the same thing. Back then, they couldn't find anybody. And mostly you needed telescopes, basically. But we, we couldn't find planets. And we hadn't even just developed a way of doing it. So we got over our sun and stuff. And we couldn't determine what kind of planets, so we did find them. You know, and all this other stuff. And we're getting better. I mean, you know, astrophysics are like marching along, gradually getting better. And people are changing some of the thought process about possibilities of life. But what I'm talking about is that life is almost everything. And the idea of us to be believing we're the only fault part of it is laughable. 
in a string because it doesn't get reason, much less understanding. Now, when something isn't reasonable, it's because the like of the other side that you're taking is so very, 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 very that you're not being reasonable. Means that reasonable just means that there's a, a very, very, very high possibility that something you're thinking is obviously one of the thoughts is that well, there's no other life except and the God that we think is the God of the universe just uh, it hangs around Okay, maybe we only have the local. And then if you say, well, there's a deeper system, well, that isn't exactly true because if you think about what I said about quantum computers, the ultimate system is a system that creates itself. Well, human beings are far from creating themselves. The only thing that creates itself is an from non-living is God. Now, it doesn't mean you have to believe in God for that reason. I'm telling you to go through the logic of how it works, and then if you thought, think about other possibilities, some idea that God works and other things don't work. And what doesn't work is a system based only on physicality. Present. I keep reading. Yep, doesn't work. No question, it doesn't work. This doesn't work. That doesn't work. Nothing works. And it always is going back to this issue of quantum physics because they don't really understand quantum physics. Quantum physics throws a monkey wrench. It means no matter what you do, 40% of the calculation always And so that you're always you're always failing to find the correct whatever you're looking at. It's really not beautiful because it's part of God, but it's beyond my sight. Look right. All right, so when we have this whole thing worked out, we're going to be able to create um, a control over the multi that's around us and we can. And our life will forever change because the technologies that model are so far beyond anything I fiction that it's going to just be rest live or is it copy? What happens if we destroy ourselves before we get there? And the dark side is not trying to destroy us, it's trying to enslave. 
So the way we're going to be destroyed is not through everybody's will. That would serve people no good because they slaves. And you don't enslave dead people. They, they go into another dimension and then it's even harder to do much. And then they go to an even higher dimension. Not much you can do with those. So evil is pretty well needy to keep us alive, but to subject us to fears and giving up freedom and by eventually becoming evil selves, dark selves. The darkness doesn't have to be anything like you're going to go hunt people down. So it, it could be simple things like you're just going to be selfish, more circumstances than, than you ever could think about. It. And a lot of people say, well, I do that. What's wrong with that? My evil? Well, maybe. The idea of evil is that you try to encourage people to become more selfish so that you can enslave them. The craziness about evil is that it doesn't do things because it itself is using selfishness. It uses selfishness to enslave people, and they want the slaves. Why do they want the slaves? Slaves give them power. Interestingly, if selfishness doesn't give a dark one more power, they don't pursue it, even though they get something out of it. If it doesn't give them more power, then not. So there's a lot of things that don't give dark ones power, and those things are still pursued by selfish people, usually because they're seeking something they call pleasure and or some kind of, we'll call it excitement. And they're, they will bargain for those things uh, at tremendous cost, which usually the cost is freedom, and become Presently, the difficulties of that is we're going through those things are in countries like where I'm speaking states. And in the United States, there's a big, giant challenge going in the question of power, control, who should control what, when. But the thing is that it is all a darker problem. The power issues that I, particularly in terms of political things, who's doing what, when, who, uh, is based upon the desire for control, which ultimately like Saying, I want to be in control of it's no different than saying, I want to slave part of Or maybe all of them. Oh. And so the present problem that I am here in this country, which is worldwide, is that government is the establishment of the people that supposedly are governed here. But in reality, government supposed people who want power. And people who want power are always trying to overthrow people. Like and that's the weird thing. But the desire for power for its own sake, is that road to hell. And in our situation, the development of our system through multi 
gets rid of the desire for power because you can't exert power over people who have as much as they need to do whatever they want. You only can exert power over people by taking it from them and then enslaving them. That's how slavery, particularly China, So you say, well, those people are empowered by majority people. Well, what the real real issue is the majority of people are starting to enslave. And easier to enslave people who are criminals, easier to enslave people who are illegal, easier to enslave people who are ignorant and so easier to enslave people who have low consciousness. All those people are easier to enslave, and so some fact government here in this country, other countries, same thing, are attempting to use this power, slave over their government, the people that they're supposed to take care of. Well, they're taking care of, but taking everything they got to take care of. So you give up your freedom. And eventually you become a slave, but you get it back by a subservient and submissive and completely, uh, we'll say, lower standard of living, virtually perpetual, uh, low standard. So this is the, this is the methodology, and there's whole parties, whole groups of people who use those to uh, control us. That's all evil. And evil is attempt to take over first. Move it. How are we going to stop evil? Well, again, if everybody has a huge amount more power. Uh, they can't be as easily overpowered by government. And the government has very little like by government. And particularly if therefore you have a system in which there is virtually uh, uh, all the power anybody needs one then the power over others becomes de minimis, sometimes useful. Here you still can try to use physical force, but it doesn't, it's not nearly as effective as the political of making rules and laws controls of protecting everything legal, controlling what they, what, what they are allowed to keep. And so you end up with a much more effective system placed using politics than using military. Military force and slavery uh, can only last a couple, two, three and country goes bankrupt. And the reason it goes bankrupt is that the powerful terms of force are taken from the rest of the citizens. Eventually, the rest of the citizens, the citizens Stop being creative, stop 
uh, helpful uh, criminality rises rapidly, and you end up with a system that So even though that, that, that those totalitarian regimes that use that, they don't last very long. But in a political sense, disruptive is communist. And those systems uh, sometimes don't rely that much on military support. They try to uh, use more uh, evil methods of controlling other laws and sometimes threat of prison and this has a uh, an effective means of we'll say evil growing and it allows the socialized government communist or otherwise no matter what brand socialism right socialism the the product of the people the work of the people uh, is controlled by the state. Control what you do. So you don't, don't have freedom. Freedom is released. And without freedom, there is uh, eventual enslavement. Freedom, you, when you remove freedom, the end is of that. And that's where we're having the difficulty. And if you have enough power system that I'm talking about back to shows like you can generate so much from that that it kind of cracks through the models of communist socialism to take for classless society um, with socialism being intermediate. But you never get there. There's no such thing because eventually the society of very poor people, mostly ill, low life expectancy. And uh, the people who have become corrupted criminal leaders and evil, uh, they eventually can't, can't keep it up either. Well, and also the people may uprise or chop themselves too. So, but still, when you have that, so we have we have some interesting answers that are based upon changing the present focus of the third way, which is on this idea of force. Use as much force as necessary. Whether you're a government, just. Uh, school teacher, whatever, or some They got to do it. You got to make them law, rule. Got to do what I say. That system has got to change because the third ray of that system always completes salt fight. That's how it turns Always. And so we can, we can modify if we just uh, have more available and uh, people do to take some of the resources that could tremendously improve their standard of living, so educated in a rounded uh, 
school system grades in college and university. You have to be socialist to sign up for the class. No socialism, can't come in as class. We'll we'll tie you up and throw you in the back room. All right. So you gotta have an open system and schools themselves have a place for people to challenge all of the existing and can do so without there being without there being labeling thoughts and actions. I'm not sure most places today. I don't care if it's kindergarten, college, graduate school, they're all being attacked by people trying to force others force others to only follow their very selfish and egotistic. Now, if we are to believe that it's possible to use the third brain, it will have to work in accordance with all the brains of developing consciousness, developing life. And we will eventually do evolve, I think, we don't sure, to a society of people who are living to help everybody else to live as good as possible. And yet at the same time, nobody is just doling out huge amounts of their worth to achieve it. It's a system in which everybody wins, not a system. Few people that are great givers, and everybody else waiting in line to get them. That's not a system. They slave. So what we what we can do is help by considering that it is possible to raise the standard of living and hope. The other thing to think about is that when we do that, we don't want to increase the population. Uh, population control isn't just assigning human babies. Population control is assuming or increasing the length of life of approximately double and decreasing the rate timing of now, how do you decrease that? Well, through education. If people are educated, then it's better to have, if you want to have two children, don't have one right after. Have six years, years apart. Or if you don't want to have that, then you adopt children. Don't have medical. You don't have an And we work on a system and this could be an international trade effect. People's children go into different And we were doing some work, but I don't know. But the point is that raising children should not be dependent upon them. Why is that not? Because the large family starts becoming a common denominator. Uh, unless you've got a tremendous 
about numbers of children deprived
to go to any school they want to. The amount of money it's going to be education is going to be a, a tremendous return in terms of quality. And then these super colleges, well, they should be done with too because they're based on uh, wrong, we'll say, criteria for getting it. And uh, sometimes who you know, it's how much you're willing to pay, and also what kind of test score did you get on a standardized test that tested you so that, in a way, that you could only think the way some other group of people think you should think. <laughs> Very interesting problem. Okay, so, yeah, new, new forms of uh, higher education, really, particularly on And uh, those schools should have completely uh, the freedom of thought that that would at the level I, I, that where basically you can pose anything, you can delve into anything, and you can examine things such as real democracy, real ideas of freedom thinking this idea of the campus becoming something more than uh, an outpouring of the same ideas that faculty think is great. Uh, there were there always are some schools that don't do that, but they're hard to find. Sometimes difficult to get to, and not that affordable. They don't have them, so you've got to really work. Get yourself children that require, fortunately, a higher standard of living. So think about it. greater, greater amount of that this system creates. Revelation will allow us to be able to please in public public funded schools that claim to and so all those things can be mitigated in the right environment right we really have really have enough to at this point consider Now, how close are we again? It's probably within the next two or three decades that some of the things that I've talked about in this show will become prevalent. Only problem, I don't know, have that much time before this, early, this world is evil place. And, and it's a real difficult thing because evil is to destroy the very things that I say could happen. They certainly don't want any thoughts of computing that allows people to think at higher levels, gain so much more power for themselves that they can share and give with others. Uh, that's not what the dark side is. And unfortunately, the dark side has made medicine and the United States, where I'm from, is one of the places where 
has a big government with a scary authoritarian and some data. They, they, they just take your life well, and you don't have freedom. Now, people tell you how much to everything. That's the most important. We will have to see how that plays out. I'm hoping, hoping that we can muddle through this. We're working, group the party, we're working to, in all these different ways, try to resolve the world. Hopefully, we are running out of time, right? and I'm glad to be back, finally back, okay? And I will be, hope to see you, hope to see you. And until then, this has been Niles McClellan for Wildlife Care.